Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real and honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Ashley. Hello. Gerald Fediomi. Yo, yo. And Jamie Dickens. What's up, what's up? Now, now, Ashley, Jamie, you guys are kind of like old souls here on the podcast already. You're young, but you're podcast veterans oh. here on Rethinking Youth Ministry. But I received that, CJ. Okay, okay. But what if people don't know who I am, CJ? <laughs> well, we'll get to all. We'll get to promoting your social media stuff later. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, right? <laughs> we'll plug all that. Don't worry. I know that's what you're primary, primarily worried about. Just but, kidding. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, but uh, so, but Gerald Fadayomi, this is your first time uh, on the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. Woo! You're no stranger to student ministry, though. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about well, CJ, who you are and what you do. I prefer to go by Andy Stanley. So okay. you could just call me <laughs> Pastor Andy for the rest right. of this podcast. Right. Right, that's great. We're gonna put listen, listen, listen. This podcast is with uh, with Andy Stanley. We'll make sure that's in the the title so we get some clicks. Uh, no, I do student ministry here in Atlanta. I actually get to work with Jamie on a pretty regular basis, which yeah, yeah. is a blast. Uh, love doing student ministry. Married, got married a year and a month ago. So nice, the love of my life, and I just love Jesus. Love students. Love getting to to invest in them and pour in them and, and build the next generation of the church. So, so how long have you been working with students now? Gosh, six years, okay. three and three and some change in full time student ministry, and then three years at the YMCA prior to this. Awesome. So, and so, yeah. what do you? What do actually you, at the YMCA right outside? Right, right outside this yeah. door. No way. Yeah, I worked the at two locations, and that's one of them. Yeah. That's amazing. So, what do you? What do you do with students then? So, what does it look like week to week for you? Yeah, well, I'm the student pastor at our campus, um, so I get to I actually lead a small group of freshman guys. I just started okay. leading that group. Um, I get to lead our team in recruiting and developing small group leaders and planning programming services, just kind of overseeing the direction of the ministry. Well, so, I think this yeah. is going to be a great episode to have your voice on because you are a student pastor and a small group leader. So you kind of see both ends of this spectrum of what we're talking about today, which is uh, which is engaging unengaged students in youth ministry. So let's go ahead and, and jump into this. So we all have, we all work with students. We all know what it looks like to have those students who are super engaged there every week, mm-hmm. every Sunday, every Wednesday, whatever yeah. it is. And then you have that group who is a little more disengaged, who come once a month or every other month, or they have seasons where they're there three weeks in a row and then you don't see them for two months. And those are the students that I think, one, if we're honest, are sometimes kind of hard to care about. Like we care about them, we love them, but it's hard to make them our number one priority because we're so focused on the ones who are in the room often from week to week. But this is really all about those students. So my first question is, who is the unengaged student in youth ministry and what do they look like? Well, can I, can I take us backwards for a second? I yes. think first, before we dive into that, I think we need to talk about why it's important, right? Yeah. Um, and this is something that's like a passion point for me right now. I think this is an area that I've missed the mark over the last couple of years, um, because oftentimes it's easy as a student ministry leader or student pastor or small group leader to kind of see the end goal as graduating students who know Jesus. Yep. Um, but that is not the goal. The goal is graduating students who continue to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. And unengaged students are, is such a 
big idea. It's such a big topic because what we don't want to happen is for students to check in sporadically throughout middle school and high school and then give up on their faith when they become adults. And so we want to leverage the time that we have with them to the best of our ability so that as adults will continue to follow Jesus and raise kids who follow Jesus as well. And so I think it's important just to step back and go, why is this important? Why does it even matter that there's kids who come in and out when we have 15 good ones? It's because we want those students to continue to follow Jesus in the long haul. Engage students grow. That's the deal. You want to grow in a relationship with Jesus, engage students grow. And the ones that most need to be in church are the ones that are going to be the easiest to dis- the easiest, most easily disengage. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the French students. Those are the ones we're really fighting for. The, the Christian kids that we love that come all the time, like they're important, but I don't have to fight so hard for them. Right. It's the right. ones. I think the first question, CJ, honestly, beyond that is, do you know who's being disengaged? Yeah. Uh, and now if, when, you know, when we all started with smaller student ministries, you know, immediately, like you, like you said, if you got 30 students and 15 show regularly, you probably know the 15 that aren't there. Right. But once you start to get even beyond mm-hmm. that, like, so we have student ministries listening to that 75, 100, 125, 200, 300, all, 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 I mean, all and up. Yeah. Do you know? And when do you know? Yeah. Do you know that someone's disengaged? And when do you know? How long does it take a student to start being engaged before you could tune in? Where has she been? Well, usually you have a system for that. They're they're the ones who remind you that they disengage when they show up two months later and they're like, oh, okay. And that's the worst case scenario is that somebody shows back up and you go, holy cow, I haven't seen this guy Mm. in five months. It's like, where have you I just dropped the ball. (laughs) So I think just for starters is like, are we, are we aware? I think also, um, an unengaged student could be a student who's there especially in middle school, you don't have as much of a choice whether you can go or not. That's a great so point. a lot of times yeah, the unengaged student is there. They're just not engaged in what's happening, whether it's in small group or large group, they don't want to play the game. They don't want to talk to anyone. They just want to hold the wall up, you know, in the back of the room. And so I think that reaching those students might be, it might be a different strategy yeah. than the yeah, ones right. who aren't actually physically and there. And the question then is who, know, who, who would recognize either a student's actual absence or mental absence right. in a room and I mean, I think we know the answer to that is it's going to be a relationship. Right? Yeah, I was just going to say, we might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I think it all comes down to relationship because even Ashley, to your point, like students engage in different ways. And so the kid who's standing on the back of, on the back wall with his arms folded may actually be super engaged, right. but he's a processor or he's yeah. more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. And so he gets to small group and goes, oh my gosh, I had this thought. Or he tells his leader one-on-one, hey, like three messages ago really spoke to me and here's how, and this is what's changed my life as a result. And you just can't tell in the room. And so at the end of the day, like I think relationship is where we're going to end up landing with this conversation is do you have a system in place to build relationships with students? So you can tell when a student isn't there or you can tell when a student is there and is not engaged. Right. Yeah. Relationship is king. I mean, we, we say it in our world all the time that we have students that are attracted to programs, but they, they stick to relationships. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you want to engage a student, give them an amazing relationship. You want to make sure you don't miss a student, make sure they have an amazing relationship because you're not going to know, but their small group leader will. And but we all know those students who like, no matter how hard you pursue them, they're like, I don't want a relationship with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're like not interested in having thanks, that relationship, but, no but that's yeah. the only person who has time to chase them. You know? So how do we engage <laughs> those students? Yeah. And I would also even, I know that we're going to get to the relationships part and talk about what that even looks like practically, because I do think that is the answer. But honestly, I don't know if that's always the most helpful answer because as a small group leader and Gerald, you might even attest to this, like as a small group leader, you're like, yes, my relationship matters with my students, but it's still not helping them 
show up, if that makes sense. So, and I think even to, we're having the conversation in reverse a little bit because the answer yeah. is relationships. Now it comes down to a relationship. Now I have to find out why they're disengaging. Sure. So I think it even backs up one step from there. Like, okay. And which is actually one of the first questions I, you know, brought up here was what does the unengaged student look like? What are they, what's causing them to disengage? Because yeah. as a relate, having a relationship with that kid, I'm the one who knows if they're engaging or disengaged, but I have to find out why now too. Does that are make you sense? Are asking what the main reasons usually are? Yeah. There's guys who get busy. They have sports. They, I mean, sports on Sundays are just killing it. They're killing church. Yeah. There's like the popularity. I got a girlfriend angle, like, or there's the, I feel like I've been partying too hard or, you know, hooking up too much and now I can't come to church. There's that just choosing a different path in life and I'm less excited about Jesus uh, or then there's, I don't like my small group, so I don't come or, mm-hmm. I didn't like the sermon. It's boring. I'm not going to, I mean, whatever it is, you know, there's, is that really the majority of the students who are disengaging those who the sports don't love their small group or, I mean, or is it, uh, I don't, I don't know if there's one that's a majority. I think I'd add to that list. They don't feel known by anyone, whether it's like someone their age or an, an adult leader, but also I guess I'm thinking mostly middle school students. They don't know how to engage sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't know how to start a conversation about that or they don't even know what words you're asking them to say in response to something. So I think sometimes that's an issue. Yeah, I think I would I would define unengaged as a student who is no longer choosing to take steps in the relationship with Jesus. That's awesome. And whether that's a step could be showing up to program, a step could be speaking up in small group, a step could be signing up for an event, a step could be serving somewhere in the church. But when a student decides I'm not taking any more steps, I would say they're no longer engaged because I think it gets in the murky waters. For example, like what you were saying, Jamie, like a student who plays sports, who's on the football team might check out for the whole fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would say they're automatically unengaged. Yeah. They just may not be able to attend Michael, your yeah, program, you know. Yeah. Um, but just because they're not they're attending still your talking program, to their exactly. They're still, yeah. Yep. So I think if you if you decide to stop taking steps, you get stagnant. Yeah. Then then that's an unengaged student. Well, I think that go, I think that drives at the heart of you know what we also need to define, which is how do you define the engaged student? And it's the it's choosing to take steps in your faith. Yeah. But I think most youth pastors, youth leaders, and small group leaders define engaged as attendance. Right. I was going to say, I think most of our listeners, when they heard this title, were thinking, oh, my students who stopped coming yeah. or don't aren't coming mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. I would imagine. Because that's one of my first thoughts. And that's a that big part of it too, though. It like is, you can't for dismiss sure. it all as, you know, they're not coming, but they're still super engaged. Like there's, there's a balance there to sure. it. Well, there's, but, yeah. And there's a difference between being engaged in their faith and engaged in your program. And they may be yeah. engaged in their faith through a different program, and it might yeah. be at their school. Yeah. And that's okay, too. Hmm. That's great. Wow. That's huge. I do think what Gerald's talking about, and it's been a trend, I think, in our particular church, kind of across the board, is we're, not, we're talking less and less about attendance, and we're talking more about engagement. Like, literally that word. Um, because attendance sounds like a, an us metric. Mm-hmm. Like, we, want, we, you, we checked you off. In our environment, we got to report your number. Yeah. Engagement is a them metric. It's yeah. just what Gerald was saying. You're taking steps of getting connected in a group. You're serving. You're inviting friends. You know whatever your metrics are for that. But I think that's the bottom line of ministry is, is engagement more than simply attendance. Right. And Jamie, so you were saying a minute ago that there are all these different reasons why students are not engaged. It's the sports. It's stuff going on on Sunday. It's, well, I live in maybe different homes on the weekend, so I only can only come every other week That's and be engaged. One. You know, mm-hmm. right? And you said, well, there's 
basically unlimited reasons why a student could be engaged. And it all comes down to relationship. So where does that leave us as youth leaders? Is it we just hand it to the small group leaders? Or what is our role in this? Because there is not a one-size-fits-all reason students disengage. Yeah. And there's not a one-size-fits-all. I think there's more to it than relationships. I will say that. I think there's other factors to totally. get re-engage. But I think relationships is the number one. So if you're a student pastor and you, you feel like you're more of a program-driven ministry, I would just suggest really move hard to being a relationships-driven one. It doesn't mean you don't have a program. It just means your program serves relationships rather than relationships serve the program. Yeah. So if you are a one-stop shop where everyone shows up and they get a download, like a content deliverable and a worship experience and there's not a relationship, I would strongly encourage you to consider what it looked like for you personally in your church to go, I'm going to build in relationships everywhere around here because that's the, the, the most sticky thing and the most engaging thing to a student in the long run. So, so what do you what you mean by that is like you build time in for the students to connect to each other and then students to connect to volunteers. Exactly. So you mean into yeah. the program mm-hmm. time. Into it, yes. Yeah. Totally. Yes. And then the flip side of that is if you're 100% relational and you're coming and you're going, go to small group, you're going to have a Bible lesson in your small group and you're going to talk about it in your small group, I would suggest starting to look at your program right. and thinking right. what are some things that are going to attract students that are going to make them want to right. show up, that are going to make them talk about it at school on Monday. Um, I mean, that's one of the big things that we talk about often is like, hey, what did we do tonight that students are going to talk about right. tomorrow? And if there's not that, if there's not a level of excitement, if there's not a level of unpredictability, then students eventually are going to go, I know what's going to happen tonight. I have other options. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to So go. good. Especially mm-hmm. yeah. if it's predictable and if your program is always going to ask the students to respond the same way. And maybe that's just not the way a student responds to an activity sure. or a question. Right. So that's why it's important to like kind of mix things up too because every student will feel comfortable responding differently. Yeah. The way I like to say it is predictably unpredictable. Predictably right? unpredictable. And so you want to be good. predictable enough that a student can invite a friend and go, this is going to be amazing. They're going to sing songs. There's going to be some teaching. We're going to hang out in our small group and be able to connect relationally. These are some factors that are always going to be the same. But then outside of that, everything else is on right. the wall. Everything else can be different, can look different. Um, but students knowing this is going to be fun, it's going to be amazing, we're going to have some relational connection, there's going to be teaching, there's going to be worship, kind of sets the foundation for them to be able to invite friends and know what to expect. Yeah, so if you're trying to turn dials in your programming piece, we just talked about relationships. Another big one's your program, obviously. So like what Gerald's talking about, you have you have the music part. You um, Maybe you need to focus on the quality and the power of your worship experience. Like what could you do to up that? What is what, what could you do in worship? Students go, dude, I can't miss worship time this week because of who's leading or how it's led or whatever. I mean, you're working with what you're working with, right? Some of Mm -hmm. us have access to contractors. Some of us just have in-house people, whatever. It's not just. I have in-house people that are phenomenal. Or another one is your games and your hosting. Like, Mm -hmm. do you do something once a month or every once in a while that students are like, holy cow, it's Insta story time. It's like, I'm putting this on freaking Instagram because that was just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Your talks, like Gerald had this awesome idea for us with, uh, what was the series where we were up in the, uh, the mountains and valleys and caves, we were doing Elijah. Yeah. And the idea was instead of just talking about Elijah on the mountain, let's like preach from the top of a mountain, like on a, uh, what was it? Lift. A, a lift. lift. Yeah. yeah. And so again, it was just like, dude, who knew that we were going to be preaching on top of a, a deal? It was, un, you know, it was unforgettable. So maybe in your talks, like what dial do you need to turn your turn in, in your programming? Is it a hosting fun element? Is it a worship, you know, emotion element in the music? Is it, my talks, I need to like up, ramp up the creative and the helpful, but you need to do something almost every week. The students go, that was worth 
Yep. Stop playing, stopping playing Fortnite for that <laughs> right. was worth yep. getting off of my couch or hanging with my girls to come and show up with. I mean, four because that was that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I would just add to your agenda every week when you meet with your team or as you sit down and play in the week. If you're on staff by yourself, what am I doing this week? What are we doing this week that students are going to talk about tomorrow? And if you can answer that question, yeah. that's a good thing. And knowing that that didn't happen is also a good thing, mm -hmm. right? Like it kind of helps yeah. keep you in check. So I would add to your agenda as you're planning and programming and thinking about Sunday, what are we doing this week that students are going to talk about tomorrow? Yeah. And I think I'd add to that as well. Um, if you want students to engage with your program, you need to engage with them outside of the program. Yeah. And I think also if you want them to engage with you while you're on stage, you need to engage with them while you're off stage because that that's going to fill the relational gap. That's yeah. what I'm Yeah. So I want to paint a picture for you because I think we could talk about this too as far as these unengaged students. They they show up in different parts of a, a program or a ministry, I think, too. Like there's what's happening you know, during the hosting of the game. It's what's happening during small group. They could disengage. It could be happening during a talk. So I want to paint a picture of there's a 16-year-old a guy. The game was cool. He's not – I mean, that was great. He thought that was cool. And now you're 10 minutes into your message, and he's leaning on the back wall, sitting at the back wall, uninterested. Maybe he's on his phone. Maybe he's staring at you, but he's just not buying it. Sure. What does it look like to begin to engage that student who's like, okay, all right, this is, I don't know if I'm going to come back next week anymore. Like you mean in that moment? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have first said your, your main moment was during that, during the week when you planned your talk. And if your yeah. student's on the back wall with his arms crossed. Yeah. There's something that didn't happen in the first five, 10 minutes of your talk that needed to happen. Yeah. And what is that? Is that, uh, well, I mean, I say it like this. You got to get their eyes off their phone to your face. You got to say something that meets them where they are, not just where you want them to be. Yeah. You don't start with, let's open our Bibles to whatever, though you can. Uh, you start with something that they can't resist thinking about. Hey, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever struggled with? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever run into this problem? And they're going, totally. I didn't know we talked about stuff like that at church. What's he going to yeah. say? Yeah. I was actually going to say, don't assume that person's not engaged. Right. Because them sitting against the back wall looking at their phone might be the very thing they need to do because what you said stirred something in them that made them feel uncomfortable or made them feel it. And the only way they know how to maybe like process through that information is look down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like depending yeah. on the kid. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's true. But I also think you can raise the bar in the middle of your talk too. I mean, right. one, of, one of the things yeah. I love doing is going, hey, some of you in the room right now, are crazy enough to do this. Some of you in the room right now are going to take the step and others of you, this is too big for you to do. So I get it. Like if you want to check out right now, that's totally fine. But for those of you in the room who are really serious about following Jesus, here's something I want you to do. And so at that point, you've now told the kid, hey, if, you're, if your arms are crossed, then this isn't for you. And then all of a sudden they're he like, to, I yeah. want this to be for, for me. me, you know, yeah. like, and it helps them check back in. Um, I literally remember on, it was last week I was speaking uh, at an event and there were students laughing in the middle of my gospel presentation. And I just said, hey, for some of you right now, you've heard this a thousand times and this is a joke for you. And you are totally laughing this off. And I looked at the kids who were laughing. I go, but for others of you, you're sitting next to that kid and you want to decide to follow Jesus. Yeah. This moment is for you. And you watch kids go, oh crap, he like low key called me out. And I didn't even, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I love it. and you don't have to be aggressive. Like, hey, you shut up. Like, but I think there's ways that you can, can elevate the standard and raise the bar. Yeah. I mean, you can ramp up your energy. You can, yeah, um, you can either get, you can ramp up your energy or you can also go whoosh, down. People notice a big change in energy or in pace and they kind of go, you'll, I'll, I'll know every now and then if I see eyes going down and I'm like one, dang it, <laughs> you know, but then I'll right. either take it one way or the other and you'll see them go, 
What's he doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so you're uh, a master at that, Jamie. Like you're really, really with your vocal inflections and picking moments to go up, go down. Like you're really, really oh, good thanks, at that. Bro. Yeah, dude. The other thing I'll do is if I actually yeah. see the kid, this hypothetical kid, yeah. I literally do. Now, it's it's harder the bigger room that you have. It's harder to do this. But if you actually see the kid, I'm like, I'm gonna go find him when I'm done. <laughs> like a hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm like literally I walk off stage. I'm like yeah 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 yeah, and I'm gonna go find the kid. I'm gonna talk to him, and, introduce myself. And, so just just to create a relational connection yeah well see guys like me and girls like ashley and i think a lot of us believe if i can just talk to someone i can bet i can connect with them i bet i can get them excited and i really genuinely believe that so i'm like i can love on this dude and i can get him interested i can at least give him give him a reason to come back if i can just get a chance to talk to him i think that goes back to what ashley was saying earlier right like you can't have relationship on stage if you don't have it off stage. And so mm, there's yeah. something that happens when a student knows who you are that they automatically want to check in just out of respect for you as a person, right? And so I think to Ashley's point, it's like, hey, well, go find that kid or do what Jamie was saying. Go find that kid afterwards and ask him his name and get to know him. And next time, like, give him a shout out. Like, yo, I was talking to Jason last yeah. week, man. So like, good. he's an yeah. incredible, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and use those moments, build relationships off stage and then leverage them on stage where you can. I think so. that's so good. And with social media too, you can interact with students during the week when you're preparing. Right. So you yeah, know which good. students you're like, oh, they're going to check out at this topic. But if I can somehow get them involved in my prep, like, hey, I'm getting ready for this. What do you guys think about this part? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or if it's that student that's never engaging with anybody, f- you know, find out what they're interested in. Yeah. If they do have a social media account, I know most high schoolers do, half of middle schoolers do. And if it's not something that they have, maybe their family does. So just stalk mm-hmm. them and find out something that they do know about and ask them about that. Like, that's one of my favorite ways to engage a student who doesn't think I'm cool is figure out what they know about and tell them you need them to teach you so that you're cool. Yeah. And they're I, like, yes. I love that too. And I love, love these suggestions, you know, Gerald, Ashley, Jamie, just because um, I, I also think from a small group leader's perspective, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not on the stage. I, I already have a relationship with these guys. And so I can't, I can't create that spark. And I think a lot of uh, youth pastors might feel that way too. Like, well, I've only got 15 students. There's not really an on and off stage for me, but I can still throughout the week, I can be reaching out to these guys, creating those relational connections. And it creates that similar, that, that similar spark that like, Hey, I'm reaching out, I'm connecting with you. I just personalize this, yeah. whether you're a speaker on stage, whether you're a small group so leader good. engaging right. after or during the week, like all of a sudden I'm creating a relational spark that is a little more intentional than just a large group or even a small group room where I've got 10 guys. Or, you yeah, know dude, I, mean? I think the pursuit is so key. Pursuit, uh, I said that's a great word. I thought you got, you know, number one, you got to be able to identify. Do you even know when right. someone's checking out? And besides a visual cue, do you know when they're right. absent, right. for example, or they're checking out in the room like you were saying, Ashley. But the second piece of that is then are you prepared, equipped, or do you have the systems or the people to actually then do something about it? Mm-hmm. So like so-and-so's disconnected. Okay, so what? What's Who's going to do something about that? Yeah. Is it me? Am I calling him? Mm-hmm. Is there a small group leader in her life who's going to reach out and say, hey, I missed you. Where were you? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks or whatever. So there's the pursuing the student. And usually you, I think you want to have a volunteer leader because, you know, as a pastor, you can only do that with so many students, right? Right. right. The piece I sometimes forget about, especially in middle school and especially with ninth and 10th graders whose parents are bringing them, is the parents. So I just the other week I had a group where I was noticing four girls, they just weren't coming. And the leader's like, I tried texting them, I haven't heard back. And, and I'm like, I'm just getting to know their parents. And not in a tattletale kind of way. I was like, hey, I haven't seen the girls, just want to check in, how's yeah. the group going? Is there anything we could do to make it more engaging? Every single parent responded. 
And two of them were like, oh my gosh, we've just been so busy. I need to, we need to reprioritize. So it cued them to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other two, they were like, well, one of them had a legit issue. Like one girl in the group was mean to her. We were able to resolve it just by, I mean, the girl didn't want to talk about it. Right. The parents were like, yeah, so-and-so said my daughter was a blank, blank, blank. And <laughs> yep. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's... And you were so happy you called. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes... Another reason students, girls disengage. <laughs> you got the sports and you got the blankety-blank stuff going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say to that, Jamie, like, I think that's a tension that oftentimes student pastors can feel. Like, I know I feel this tension is we run a small group modeled ministry. I don't want to step on the toes right. of my small group leaders and yeah. go, hey, like, I know these are your students. I probably shouldn't get to know them or, like, invest in them or hang out with them or reach out to their parents. Like, that feels like I'm kind of stepping into your boundary. But at the end of the day, like, God has entrusted you with the student ministry. And there are times where, as the student pastor, it's good and okay for you to step in and build relationships with students, even if they have another small group leader. I don't think there's ever going to be a point where a student has too many Christians investing in them, wow. right? So I think it's okay. It's a tension that I feel at times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, totally. I want to hang out totally. with students. I want to know students. But th- you're also in a small group and you should do that with your leader. I think we have to get rid of that and yeah. just go, you hey. You kind of want to apologize. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to get in your Yeah, head. yeah. I just think there's, and when it comes to engagement and this, this type of disengagement, it may be you have the first time non-Christian kid yeah. sort of checking it out, disengagement. The yep. back wall, arms crossed. I don't know if I'm bought in. The other side of that is, I think Gerald or Ashley Yoni all brought this up. It's like, it's the Christian kid who's like, I'm bored. I've been yep. here since fifth grade, like literally. And then now they're a senior, you know, or they're yeah. a junior or they've been here since birth in our church, you know, <laughs> I was born in the nursery. And they're like, I'm bored. I've, I've been heard Christian all, since I was born. I've heard all these songs. <laughs> I've heard all this stuff. Jamie preached on that passage once already, Ugh, you know? Right. And you're like, it's, you know, shut up. It's awesome. But no, the, 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 I think the, one of the huge ingredients to re-engaging that student mm-hmm. is not more of the same. Meaning, oh, I just need a little bit better talk or a little bit more powerful worship. I think you got to move into the realm of vision and of serving. I think that starts to ignite their heart because we've talked about this all the time in various realms. You can, Christianity can turn into an all you can eat buffet, and then soon you're just like, you're so full, you're about to vomit, and you're like, I can't eat anymore. And it's like, no wonder, all you've been doing is taking, taking, taking. Mm -hmm. It's time to, to give. And so scheduling times to ignite your students about what this is about, Um, their friends who aren't here, loving our city or our town, and then actually giving them opportunities to go and do that. Mm -hmm. That, that's engaging. We have students that come senior year just because they serve. Mm. They don't care about me anymore. They don't care about, I mean, small group, they can meet outside and go to dinner for all they care. But they come on Sundays because they like they matter. They have to serve. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's definitely, that's really good. Um, I think another thing for the Christian kid that you can do, and this, it's not really like a strategy or anything, but it's a, it's a way to challenge students. I often ask my seniors or students who go, I've heard all of this before. Yeah. Okay, that's legitimate. You have probably heard this multiple times over the last three or four years. Can I just ask you a question? Do you still hook up with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Do you still drink every now and then? Do you smoke ever? Do you still sin? Oh, okay. So you want me to stop? talking about the thing that you're still doing. Hmm. How about this? Let's work on a plan for you to no longer do that thing, and then I'll stop talking about it because you won't need me to say it anymore. And I think sometimes students (laughs) just need a a punch in the gut to go, 
Hey. And then they cry. Right. <laughs> we, are, we are fallen beings. It's awesome. So yeah. we're going to fall short often. Yeah. And we constantly need to be reminded of A, our need for a savior. And yep. B, that we need to get things right. That we need yep. to change. That we need to you know, be sanctified and make different decisions. And so sometimes I just think... That's a student's excuse for not wanting to be challenged for the things that they're doing. In, oh, in man, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think another way to engage students, especially as the communicator, is when you do build attention, making sure you have like a variety of examples for kids yeah. who have maybe been raised in church. Maybe they're thinking this. That's for someone cool. who's brand new to church, maybe you're thinking this. But not just in the tension section, also in the application. Yeah. Like, all right, now that this is the truth, if you already have a relationship with God, I want to encourage you to do this. If you aren't unsure about this God thing, I encourage you to take this step and kind of give a bunch of different steps so it's not just like one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. That's right. That's great. So I want to ask Gerald and Jamie, you two run, you lead student ministries. Yeah. Do you guys actually have like a plan for engaging these kinds of disengaged students or is it just a, you have to feel it and it's, you know, it's situation by situation, case by case. Because if I'm a youth leader and I'm listening to this, I'm like, this just feels like a lot of random ideas in a way. And each one's, you know, I've got to take it as they come. Or is there is yeah. there something more on the leadership side of the ministry thing that can be implemented here? Yo, I was just going to say, our, our student ministry is actually stealing something that Jamie's student ministry has been doing for a little bit now. So I'd love for you huh. to talk about the, the red, yellow, oh, green yeah. system that y'all put in place for small group leaders. Yeah, dude. So every small group leader has a uh, Google Doc. We talked about yeah, this. We've talked about this on, before, but go ahead. Uh, whatever. We're, yeah, uh, I can't remember the episode. It was like a year ago. So every... every um, Every small group has a, a dashboard. It's a Google Doc, and it's got green, yellow, and red. Green are students yeah. that are like all the way plugged in. Yellow are students that are like, man, I haven't seen them in a while. Or I've had a couple cues where they're like disengaged. Red is I feel like they're disconnected. Or especially for freshman year, it's like I've never even met this student. Who is it? They were just on my roll, or you know, they moved, or whatever. And the whole point of it is that the the small group leader. Is has up to date information, and we're trying to reduce the time between disengagement and we're and our awareness. Yeah. That's the whole point. Is mm-hmm. that when uh, you know when when something an event happens in a girl's life, she gets disengaged. The small group leader, because they're checking regularly, is like, wait a minute, we haven't seen her in a while, yeah. and then they start, then they they respond. So, was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I think that's that's a system that we're building yeah. that yeah. you guys already have in place that helps us identify, hey, that's an unengaged student. We need to go pursue right. them. We need to chase after them. I think the other thing is the question. From an attendance perspective, yeah. From an attendance perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing is the question that, that we were talking about earlier. Like our team sits down every week and we go, what are we doing this week yeah. that are going to make students right. talk on Monday and that are going to make students come back yeah. next week? Because we really do believe every week students are deciding whether or not they're going to show up. Yeah. And so every week we have to make it compelling for them to be there. Right. So I think those are a couple of things we're doing. Here, yeah. I'll give you another... Um, sorry, let me talk on the mic. I think one more from a leadership ministry planning perspective is always having something to look forward to. So a rhythm of That's events... Great. And now it doesn't, I'm not, this is not just for those of you who have big budgets and big ministries that can go to a big camp or do one on your own. It doesn't matter whether you got 20 or 15 or 500, that there should always be something on the horizon that's out of the ordinary. So for example, you're looking forward to summer camp and they're like, oh, I can't wait for summer camp to get there. Well, when that's over, is it, let's wait for summer camp the next year? No, 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 no. We do um, back to school bash when we kick off the school year. And it's a, complete marked departure from the average inside out. It's hype. It's crazy. That's invite your friends. It's, 
And then, but when that's over, it's not like, well, you know, we'll wait six months. No, the next is vertical reality or, um, Fall retreat. Fall retreat, yeah. 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 But then we have a Christmas party. Then we have a New Year's kickoff. Then there's always something. Now, that sounds like a lot. I'm not saying yeah. you got to have that many. And we have our, by the way, our spring retreat called My Life that's an in-town overnight, kind of a denial yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. And then we're back at summer camp. But the point is, there is the norm. There's the normal inside out. We're grinding out every week. And every week we're asking, or Gerald, it's Gerald's question of, of uh, what are we doing this week? Yeah. You know, What are we doing tonight? But that's over top of that, there's this rhythm of extraordinary excitement that, they're, that they know is coming and it builds... And it's yeah. just constantly building. I think that's a massively effective engagement tool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Good. That's it breaks monotony, is what it does. Yeah. And that's on. And that's as we begin to wrap up here. That's on the programming side, and that's a huge piece. Like you were saying a, a few minutes ago, like there's the big programming side, and then there's the re, the relational side too. And I think yeah. that is, you know, an excellent the the question that you you mentioned that what are we doing tonight? The students will talk about tomorrow. That's your almost week to week. Yeah. question. And yeah. then there's the, what are we looking forward to month to month, you know, season to season? Those are great cues to provide programming opportunities for students to engage. Yeah. And I guess my last question would be, what about the relational side? How on earth do you cue your small group leaders to be on the lookout for this on a relationship, person to person, week to week basis to engage the students who are maybe disengaging at a level that you can't see on a roster or an attendance sheet? What, oh, I was going to say one is that roster thing. I think being aware of absence. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I think another habit is I tell I tell my leaders or I tell them I think a keystone habit is I want you to check in with your co-leader. If you we always have co-leaders, but check in with them before you leave. Like, is there anybody in your group that you just you got that feeling about? Like, I don't know. I don't feel like she's or he is mm-hmm. engaged. Like, who are your at-risk students? To me, that's like a simple habit. Yeah. Otherwise, just be be a person and recognize when somebody's disengaged. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would I would say don't settle for small group time. You know, build in one on ones in your routine. Build in going to their events and their football games and their plays and their dramas. And I mean, it's more it's more proactive than reactive. You know, you don't have to worry about having disengaged students if you choose to engage them often. And so if you're having one-on-ones and going, hey, how's life? How's your family doing? Yeah. How's, you know, whatever. If you have a pulse on their life, you don't have to worry about them getting disengaged because you're constantly engaging right. them. So, That's what I, yeah. So don't settle for small group time. Look for opportunities to connect with students individually as well. I think another system you should have in place is anytime a student isn't there, they get a text. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Hey, we missed you. If you're in a yeah. place, then every time you're not there, you're missed. You like that place. Yep. Mm, that's hey, good. I missed you, bro. Yeah. Oh, sweet. I'm, and then, like, you know, you get that for four weeks straight. And eventually, I mean, you don't want to be annoying. And maybe right, that's when you right. go to a second tier in the system of like, hey, let's, let's grab coffee. I want to hear how things are going. And what you really are doing is checking in. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't yeah, seen yeah, yeah. you in forever. Or maybe you, it's an email to the parent, like we talked about. But I think you should have some triggers. Yeah. Just so hard. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like being a small group leader. Yeah, me and too. knowing you know <laughs> you have like 15 people, let's say on your roster for 15 students, and then you have 10 who come, three who didn't come because they're engaged in football season or basketball season or whatever, two who maybe haven't shown up. There's a crisis that happened in group. Something happened in the community. I mean, there's a million things happening. Sure. And it's hard as a small group there. I would assume most people listening don't have two volunteers per group. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just so much to ask of a volunteer. And I'm in that same boat too, Ashley, as far as like, okay, I just finished up an eighth grade group and I just started working with another sixth grade group. And I've got 17 guys on my roster 
and we are just starting. So we have, at the time we're recording this, I just started working with this new group and I had seven come yesterday. And so most of them don't have phones still because they're in sixth, sixth grade, just to, mm-hmm. just to play devil's right. advocate on the other end of that spectrum. Sure. But, you know, to Jamie's point, I've got to be a human and I've got to figure out what it looks like to engage them from week to week, even as they are in oh, sixth they grade. Snap? Yeah. Try well, uh, no, Insta. well, because they don't have phones. They don't have. They don't have that. So, but a lot of them don't yet. So it's probably like thirty percent do or forty percent do. So I feel your tension just to validate what you're saying there, Ashley. It is hard, but it is something that's on my plate. Like, okay, I've got to figure out what it looks like yeah. to engage, you know, the nine sixth grade guys who weren't there yesterday, and maybe maybe that's through their parents right now. And then as it, as it gets to seventh grade, you know, as and as we add more cell phones to right. the group, we transition from engaging through the parents to engaging the students yeah. directly too. Yeah, but I, it is a challenge. I think with this whole conversation, right? Like you have to pursue the ideal, which is what yeah. we're talking right. about, and then embrace what's real. Right. Yeah. And based off of your staffing model, based off of your budget, based off of your time, your capacity, like how many volunteers you have access to, how many you already have recruited, like. You have to listen to all of it and go, okay, what, this is all ideal. In reality, what can we do? What's Mm -hmm. one thing we can start to do differently? Um, And I think that'll move the needle a little bit. And the goal is to move the needle. It's not to be perfect because we, I mean, we all have a long way to go and none of us can hit the ideal. And we all have a lot to do. Yeah, Yeah. we all have a lot to do. And just a personal challenge too for any youth pastor listening. I mean, we can ask our volunteers to do this. Uh, because they're the ones who are sitting with our kids every week. But if we're not doing it for our volunteers, like we really right. have that's no good. room to yeah. ask them to do it with our that's students. Yeah, and that's, that's it's hard. That's it's great. a lot of people to connect with. Yeah. So I, I, if I were asking myself in this podcast, what do I do? I just, what I've heard today, I know this is kind of your job. I was going to say, no, hey, I feel like Jamie, there's a couple dials we've yeah, let's, identified. Let's, let's, let's wrap this conversation conversation up and you take the reins No, here. no, no, no. I don't want to end it. I just no. wanted to say, I would challenge, <laughs> this is what I might... It's the wrap-up question. You're good. My parting challenge. Yeah. I would take one of these dials and I would turn one of them. We talked about relationships. We talked about programming. We talked about the serving element. Uh, we talked about having a rhythm of events. It's good. I would pick one of those and go, where do I most need to engage the disengaged? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Because this is, you know, it's a big wandering it conversation. Is. It is. I'm just trying to make it simple. No, I, I totally get it. And that's what a, it is a really big idea. And there is no one fit, one size fits all solution, but pick a dial, pick yeah. a dial, and start working on that. Gerald, do you have anything before we wrap up? Jamie Dickens just covered it. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> that is Please. it. No, I, I agree. I think if you can pick one of those four dials and turn one, figure out the area that you're the weakest and work on that. I think it's great. Yeah, so. that's great. Ashley, I was just gonna say, I think it's you never arrive. It's like always a process, and you're always growing. This it's always changing. It's more of an art than right, a science. Right. It's like a marathon that never ends. Yes. So good luck. <laughs> it's relentless. Good luck. Constant. <laughs> kind of like the song that never ends. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I was going to start singing it, but that's your job usually to sing songs on podcasts. So not actually, this podcast. Hey, not to over-spiritualize, but we yeah. didn't mention, you know, one of the things you can do is like just pray yeah, yeah. for the god podcast, i'm praying that you will intervene <laughs> in their life and their circumstances to yeah, recapture yeah. their heart work in the relationship do something in our program that makes that student go i i, I gotta i gotta lean back in yeah because god does that stuff all the time and we don't even know it that's true so man don't forget that pray yeah. for somebody in jesus name yeah if you can't text your sixth grade guy maybe pray for him too please do even that. if you can't <laughs> text him pray yeah for him. yeah <laughs>
Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining this conversation. You guys brought a lot of great ideas to the table. And I know that you guys do this week in and week out. So this is really, really helpful stuff. And I think that this is going to really challenge some of us in great ways. So thanks for joining us for this conversation. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app. And finally, for more great resources, to check out the show notes for this episode and to links to follow Jamie and Gerald and Ashley on social media. We'll have links to all of that stuff. You can check out some of the work that they're doing in their student ministries. The links will be on our show notes and you can find those at rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thank you for listening.